0: Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to episode number 19 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com,
2: and I'm Tiffany Milanich of GratefulGarden.biz,
1: also known as Dana and Tiffany, bringing you the voices of thyroid
2: advocates, clinicians, bloggers, and thyroid thrivers everywhere. Woohoo! In just a few short minutes, we'll be talking live with Dr. Kent Holtorf, MD. I'm so excited. Medical director of the Holtorf Medical Group and the nationwide Holtorf Medical Group affiliate centers. He's also founder and director of the nonprofit National Academy of Hypothyroidism. Dr. Holtorf has been a featured guest on everything from Cosmopolitan, Discovery Health, CNN, Self Magazine, and that's just to name a few. Plus, he is a beloved wealth of knowledge and validation for so many of us thyroid thrivers. I am so excited. But first, before we bring Dr. Holtorf on from France, nonetheless, there's just a few exciting right. things we want to share. Yeah, I know, right? I'm so excited. <laughs> I cannot wait. Oh. Well, we want you all to know about the Hashi's and Graves Thyroid Nation Radio talk show Facebook group. It's getting a lot of attention and lots of people joining there. It's a wonderful place where we can talk and ask questions, get guidance, and most of all, uh, support and understanding from people who are going through the exact same thing.
1: And that's what it's all about, really. And I I could have made the name shorter, but I just wanted it to make it a little (laughs) bit difficult for everybody to find (laughs) it. I just can't believe how, how it it, it morphed into this really long name. It's just it's, it's a funny story we'll have to talk about sometime. But first, if you tuned in last week, we hope you did, you heard us chatting with the wonderfully artistic and wildly talented Donna Lynn Larson. If you missed it, make sure to check it out on the archives page that I just created a few weeks ago. You can find it on thyroidnation.com. And you can also see on the Thyroid Nation radio tab button all of the upcoming guests that we have lined up. A great place to check out all the guests we have coming up, as I said, and uh, the archives, and can also get to know all of our radio team, including Shannon Garrett, who was one of the guest co-hosts a few weeks ago. We're hoping she'll do that again uh, soon, and we have a couple of uh, our team helping us the next coming couple weeks too. Right, Tiffany?
2: That's right. That's right. Uh, Melissa's next week, and... Sarah is the following week, and we just have so many amazing people that help get information out there. Um, It's just, it's just so important. You know, I I realized when I was at the Lavender Festival that um, there's a lot of women that don't even know that there are so many women just like them that are suffering. And uh, you know, I had a little. Uh, poster up there about Thyroid Nation Radio, and it, and it brought up so many questions and so many topics, and people were just, you know, in tears when we were talking about, you know, symptoms, and oh my goodness, I honest to God, I kid you not, out of all the women I talked to over those two weekends, not one of them was on Armor, every single one of them was on T4 only, and I thought, you know, when they're telling me about all these symptoms, and I was just like, oh my gosh so it, it it's amazing how many women out there are suffering, you know, needlessly. So it's it's just very it's just a very important, you know, for all of us to to realize that uh and I I can't even imagine the number of people that aren't diagnosed yet, you know, that are suffering from cellular level, which we're going to get into hopefully with uh Dr. Holtorf here. But more than anything, a very big thank you to all the listeners, everybody who shares the information and listens and and hopefully gets as much out of what we share as Dana and I get out of it. I mean, it's it's just uh, amazing. And we want to hear about your thyroid thriver journey. That is so important to other thyroid thrivers. And it's not about being healed. It's about the journey that counts so that people can understand, hey, it took this person four years or five years or six months or, you know, whatever it was and what worked, what didn't work. You know, it's more about the journey than, than anything else uh, to help, Others, you know, have those aha moments with, like, wow, I, I'm not alone in this or that didn't work and, you know, works for 99% of them but doesn't work for 1%. You know, there are other people just like you in the same shoes. Right, Dana?
1: Absolutely. And I was just thinking, like you said really a few minutes ago, about you being out at the Lavender Festival and most of the people that you talk to You know, a lot of them, I think you mentioned, you know, aren't even on Facebook. There's a whole group of people that are out there that we haven't even reached. And so we want everyone to share the message and spread the word about Thyroid Nation Radio so so we can help everyone. And for those people that are on, uh, boy, we should have had a little note up there saying Dr. Holthorpe was coming on next week. (laughs) They could call him up. He's in California. So how wonderful would that be? Absolutely.
2: absolutely. I mean, he, he, at his Uh, facility there, he covers some, you know, great topics, bioidentical hormones, and, uh, you know, you can go to uh, holtorfmed.com and and read about all the things he treats, and, you know, he talks a little bit about how he treats it, and and sex hormone binding globulin, and just, you know, all these topics that we don't hear that we need to bring up with our own, um, you know, with our own doctors. All right, Dana, you want to get this thyroid nation thriving? I
1: sure do. I hope this is him. I do I'm, too. I'm uh, excited. I'm excited to talk to him. Let's see if we can get him on the air.
0: Oh hi, you guys there? Hi. Woo-hoo. How are you? Oh well, it works. Okay. <laughs> the internet is terrible here. But uh, hopefully well, this, this will work. So glad to be on. Yes. Thanks, guys.
1: Absolutely. We are Thank so, you so excited. Much. Yes, Bonsoir from from
0: France. Uh, what time is it there, Doctor Holthar?
1: Doctor
0: Yeah, it's about nine p.m. Wow, wow. And, and how long, not how long have you all.
1: been
0: there? Uh, just a couple of days. Heading over to Belgium to do a movie on hypothyroidism. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, yes, Ma- a- well,
1: you're with Maggie. Correct? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. With uh, Sick to Death, I think it's going to be a great project. And, you know, she went all over the world, you know, trying to basically get help for her thyroid. And it just wasn't happening. And she's won so many awards, you know, with uh, Cannes Film Festival and got a Guggenheim Award for this documentary, really showing the way that we diagnose and treat thyroid in this country is terrible. So I'm going over to meet Dr. Hertog, which you I'm sure you've heard of and kind of collaborate on it and put our thoughts together. And so I think it's going to be a really really fun project and worthwhile.
2: That is so exciting. I I can't wait for that to come out. I really can't. It's just going to be amazing, I think. And I, I think they should hand out tissue. <laughs> At the beginning of yes. that, because there's going to be lots of women in the audience <laughs> that are going to just be. <laughs> it is. And as you know, it's just so common,
0: and people's lives are just devastated, and the doctors just go, Nope, you're fine. Your TSH is normal. Here's an antidepressant, and it doesn't work. And I you
1: know just I'm shaking sitting there shaking my head.
2: Shaking and my and head. Say, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we are both shaking our head because it's so true, and it's actually true for me as well. And it's just, it's it's devastating to to learn how many people, I don't know if you heard Tiffany talking about on the opening of the show that she was doing um, at the Lavender Festival the past couple of weeks, and she had so many women coming up to her and, and telling her, you know, I feel terrible, I'm on Synthroid, this isn't working, I was, you know, misdiagnosed or undiagnosed. It's just, it's it's amazing.
0: And again, some doctors end up say my patients do fine on Synthroid. Well, you're not asking them, then. because it's not happening. It's just it's funny how the whole medical system is. And people say, why won't the doctors you know treat the patient instead of the TSH? And it's just amazing what they'll allow you know suffering that they'll they'll put up with to say, hey, I'm not going to learn anymore. You know, this is what I'm doing is, is good medicine. I'm not. Don't tell me I'm not doing you know the best medicine. Even you know, when his their patients are feeling terrible.
2: I think that's why you are at the top of the favorite thyroid doctors. It's like, oh my gosh, someone that is educated at this level that understands how I feel. I mean, uh, it's just it's so validating and reassuring to hear you saying, "Hey, that's not the big picture. There are so many things that go beyond that," you know. And and we patients, we rely on our doctors to tell us. You know, I don't think a physician, honest to Pete, has ever asked me. Tiffany, how do you feel? How, how are you feeling? Not not once in, in all my years. You know, and I've been with doctors for, you know, 46 years since my lifetime. How are you feeling? How's everything going? That is scary, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure that's probably one of your top questions. Hey, how are you feeling? What's going on? Yeah.
0: And and it's funny. And that's what we're taught in medical school. Treat the patient. Don't treat the lab work. You hear that over and over and over. And what do doctors do? They treat the lab work. They don't even ask it how the patient's doing. And I was lecturing the doctors, and I said, well, you do this, you know, how, how you treat it. And they say, well, how do you know the patient's getting better? You ask them. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept. What
2: wow. a concept. Truly, truly. Well, we want to get into your – what? okay, so there's so many parameters, and, and Dr. Holtorf, oh, my gosh. I mean, Dan and I would love to fly to France and spend two weeks with you. I know that. but Well, yeah, tell us about – uh, I know, right? Tell us about the standard TSH test. Why is it unreliable? Why is it failing? Well,
0: yeah, you know, I've published several reviews on this, and uh, two of the latest ones in the American uh, Academy, uh, Academy of Restorative Medicine, and really shows that, again, the TSH does not correlate with tissue levels of thyroid. Now, if someone is totally healthy, has no stress, has never dieted, has no uh, exposure to pollutants, anything like that, any autoimmune disease, any inflammation, the TSH probably is okay. But as soon as you get any chronic illness, depression, stress, uh, basically any significant dieting at all in your lifetime, um, any exposure to toxins, pesticides, plastics, the TSH no longer is reliable. Because the TSH will tell you one thing. It tells you the amount of T3 in the pituitary. Now, what's interesting, the pituitary is completely different than every other cell in the body. So, it I will not get too technical here, but there's it, it actually active transporters. We were taught in medical school that thyroid T4 and T3, whatever's in the serum, actually diffuses into the cell. It doesn't do that at all. It requires energy and basically the pituitary, when, when you have low energy states such as diabetes, depression, any inflammation, all those things, there's less T4 and T3 going into the cells of the body. But the pituitary actually increases its transport. So basically what happens when you get sick or, any again, any physiologic stress, the pituitary sees more thyroid, the rest of the body sees less. So the TSH goes down because the pituitary has more T3 while the rest of the body has less. And this has been shown over and over and over. And in the papers I have hundreds and hundreds of references and the doctors said, oh, yeah, okay, but no, we still use this. What? And uh, and, and also there's it has different deionases. So uh, deionases are what convert T4 to T3 and T4 to reverse T3. So deionase type 1 which is present in the body, converts the T4 to T3. Now, uh, deionase type 3 converts uh, T4 to reverse T3, and that blocks the thyroid with stress and inflammation. Now, the pituitary doesn't even have that. So the pituitary doesn't see any reverse T3, which is blocking the thyroid. So it is completely different. It's the worst tissue to gauge the rest of the body with.
2: Wow. And you would think that that, I mean, you talk about that like it's butter, like it's such simple information that it would be, you know, that someone could be on, you know, T4 and not feel well. And I imagine, you know, um, you know, for you, it it just makes perfect sense. So tell us about and other things as well that affect the cellular level. Let
0: me mention that. So the, the transporters, each T4 and T3 have different transporters. Now the T4... It's more energy-dependent. It needs more energy to transport T4 into the cell. And so it will be affected more. So with any chronic illness, and people say, well, what's the best thyroid, you know, preparation to use? T4, T4, T3, T3? How about a one-to-one, you know, 50-50 of each? Or what is the best? Really, it depends on the person. And what, you're, what we find is the sicker the patient, the more T4 does not get into the cell. And, for instance, if you if you look at depressed patients, What do you see in their thyroid labs? You see a low normal TSH, a high normal T4. So in the medical literature, they say, oh, depressed patients are a little hyperthyroid. Hmm. But if you look further, they have low T3 and high reverse T3. And T3 is a wonderful product for depression. The Star Report, largest study ever done on antidepressants, showed that T3 was a better antidepressant than antidepressants with the less side effects. Why aren't doctors doing this? It's because the T4 is not getting into the cell. One study, they had 78 bipolar patients that were totally treatment resistant. They didn't respond to, on average, 14 different medicines. So they tried 14 medications for bipolar. Nothing happened. They gave them all T3, 80% responded, and 35% total resolution of symptoms. Wow. Why isn't every psychiatrist using T3? Um, and it's crazy. So, yeah, if you look at depressed patients, they'll have a, a low normal TSH because the pituitary is seeing a lot of thyroid, a high normal T4. What does that high T4 tell you? It's not telling you there's high T4 in the cell. It's not getting into the cell, so it's elevated in the serum. We're taught, oh, what's in the serum is in the cell. It's actually the opposite. So a high T4 can is a marker for low thyroid. And, again, I, when I explain this, I do the same talk I give to doctors and to patients, but I dumb it down for doctors. Um, <laughs> That's funny. And and you look at yeah, and and so many studies on just um depression, uh, depression is a quintessential um, uh, ailment that responds to T3. And anyone with any chronic illness. You you basically look at chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, or chronic Lyme disease. I mean, in the sicker the patient, the more they need T3, but also the more likely they're not going to have a high TSH. So they're not going to be they're not going to be diagnosed because their TSH does not go up because of the the physiologic stress in the body. So it is the worst marker, but that's what doctors use. And the patients that need it the most don't get basically thyroid replacement.
1: And, you know, what, what frustrates me and, and what I think is so amazing is, you know, I feel like with all the guests we've had on and, and everybody talking about, you know, TSA shouldn't be the only test, and I feel like we're screaming it from the rooftops. There are still so many, many millions of people who who aren't getting more tests, and especially including my mom, and think that they, she's fine on her voice. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> and it's so right. Amazing they say, oh, she's
0: fine, Yeah and doctors because they're not comfortable giving any T3. Now, there's an interesting problem that occurs. Actually, there's everyone's TSH, there's different bioactivities of TSH, and you can diagnose low thyroid by the bioact- the amount of bioactivity of the TSH. And there's a number of studies that have shown this, but there's no test. So I've been trying to develop this for about eight years now, and hopefully it will come out uh, next year. So we'll be able to tell those patients, let's say their TSH is 1.5. Well, if it's less bioactive, you have a low thyroid. So I'm excited about, uh, about that coming out. But, again, we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's been a lot of hurdles.
2: So when would be a situation? I mean, obviously it's going to depend on a multiple of factors. But talk to talk to us a little bit about treating with straight T3. When what would what does that particular patient look like to you?
0: And yeah, so anyone the again the sicker they are, the more likely they need T3 containing preparation. And as they get sicker, the more they need T3. So kind of some a couple of things for a doctor to look at is reverse T3. And again, it gets a little complicated, but high reverse T3 is showing that reverse T3 is not getting into the cell. Um, that's why it's high. And also, there's increased T4 to reverse T3. Now, when you see that, you, don't give, you can't give T4. It doesn't work because it's not getting into the cell. The reverse T3 and T4 transporter have the same pharmacodynamics, same pharmacokinetics. So if T, reverse T3 is not getting in, either is T4. So basically, if you have someone with high T4 and high reverse T3, don't give T4. It's not going to work. And, and so you take that extreme and look at the patient, look at the symptoms, and, uh, and, and typically you'll see, again, high T4, low T3,
2: high reverse T3. Those are the patients
0: that typically need straight T3.
2: And you know, uh, getting a doctor to do reverse T three for so many patients is like pulling teeth, Doctor Holtorf. It's—I I even had my own endocrinologist tell me that it's because the—he says that the, the the physician can't treat that. It's not something that—and I—I looked at him and I must have had—I must have looked like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> I'm like, are you <laughs> oh, serious? <laughs>
0: And here's the problem: is doctors now the whole game? You know, with the insurance company and and uh, you know, basically, how are they keep their head above water? Is see simple patients as fast as they can. So you're asking him to think and take some time, and we'll send like a a patient who's been sick for ten years back to their to their primary care or specialist. And I used to think, you know, oh, the doctor would call and be happy. That is so rare. They're mad. They're like, oh, what they're doing is is wrong because they don't even know anything about it. Occasionally a doctor calls and they'll ask and I'll start talking to them and you hear a silence. And I'm like, What's wrong? And they go, I can't do that. That takes twenty minutes, you know. Um, and and wow. so they just want something that's simple, high, and this is what you learn, you know, basically endocrinology is how they learn thyroid. If your TSH is high, your thyroid is low, if your TSH is low, your thyroid's high, if it's normal, it's wow. normal. Boom. Easy. Don't then don't confuse them with the facts. You know that that makes it uh, very simple. <laughs>
2: don't confuse them a, with you know, the facts. I love that.
0: A, a number, a, you know, a number of studies have shown that it is not. A, it is basically impossible, impossible to get normal tissue levels of thyroid by just giving T four. And they did this with rat studies. They took out the thyroid, gave them T four. And they basically could take all the tissues. you Can't do it with a human, but they found you can't do it. It's impossible. And but that is the standard that doctors, you know, they're basically what happens is the drug companies. They've learned a couple of things. They've learned that basically they don't need to spend a lot of money marketing. What they do is they basically market to the societies and the and the uh, thought leaders. So they all go to the American Thyroid Association, Endocrine Society sponsor, you know, all their uh, lectures and conferences and give unrestricted grants to a, a couple of physicians. And that becomes a standard and no one questions it because doctors are, they're, they're scared to be outside the box. And they just look to their society to say, hey, what should I do? So that's why it gets stuck because doc and they found that it takes on average 17 years for a proven, for a proven new concept to get accepted into mainstream medicine, unless it's a new drug, because of all wow. the drug reps telling the doctor to change. And they found, why is this? Uh, one, doctors don't read medical journals. You know, basically they don't have time. But that wasn't the major reason. The biggest reason was if you give a doctor, here's 30 studies showing what you're doing is not optimal and isn't working as well, uh, the doctors don't want to hear it. Don't tell me what I'm doing is wrong, because now they think, I'm a they're telling me I'm a bad doctor, I'm gonna attack them, I'm not gonna listen, you know. And that's what they found. It's a lot of the psychology of change. And, you know, basically it's it's a big ego thing. You know, don't tell me, you know, they're they've gone through schools of endocrinologists, don't tell me what I've been doing is wrong. So they dig their heels in despite overwhelming evidence. You know, you kinda of see the same thing with Lyme disease. Just thousands and thousands of studies come out showing, of course there's chronic Lyme. Nope, this is what we're taught, don't don't tell me otherwise, you know.
1: Yes, uh, we do know. We do know, unfortunately. Um, but I do, I want to stop for just a second, if you don't mind, Dr. Holtorf. I'd like to just kind of ask um, you a, a personal question about how, how you kind of got into being such a, a you know, influence in the thyroid community and, and where your, you know, history with thyroid, if you have any.
0: Yeah, the the short
1: answer is it changed my life.
0: <laughs> and so after, during, during uh, medical school, I was so tired. I just was so fatigued. And then I went to, you know, basically they sent me to university doctors, and they go, oh, you're just depressed. I'm like, I'm not depressed. I'm I'm exhausted. So you know, I had chronic fatigue syndrome before it was considered chronic fatigue syndrome. and But then I started going to, and I, I thought I was too tired to talk to a patient, you know. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? So I went into anesthesia because you don't have to talk to the patient. They're asleep. And <laughs> and I, and I, Hated that specialty. It's the most boring specialty. I don't want to say anything bad about it's all up there, but it. Oh my gosh, it's just mindless. But so I'm feeling terrible. Just barely dealing with it. Started going to so-called alternative conferences. I went to conference after conference after conference. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is more evidence-based than what what we're taught. I was very. I'm still a very evidence-based person, and I was a very closed-minded doctor, and because you're taught that, and um, and anything different, and you're like oh, we need more research, we need more research, you know. It's like, okay, what's well, it's overwhelming, but uh, that's not what I was taught. So, you know, typical very scared doctor, like, well, I don't want to do anything different. And But then so tried it myself. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it changed my life. And so that's when I um, started practicing this and just expanding from there.
2: Wow, and it was probably like wildfire.
0: Yeah, and I, just, I couldn't believe how many people suffered from the same thing. And uh, we had yeah the the hypothyroid uh, the um, center for hypothyroidism and it was we had a thyroid clinic and it was just it just took off because there are so many people that can benefit from thyroid.
1: Well, and as as things kind of change, you know, with the the pesticides and toxins and GMOs and gluten and and all of that in society, I, I bet it did kind of just take off like wildfire, like Tiffany said.
0: It is. All the toxins, pesticides, plastics, you look at, you know, BPA in the plastics, blocking thyroid receptors, it's also blocking testosterone receptors. And we live in this toxic environment and, you know, everyone's low. And it's interesting what the reference range is. For instance, the kind of the same thing with testosterone for men. If you look at the level of the normal level of testosterone for men compared to now and 20 and 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, Um, So 95% of the people are considered normal. You compare for the same age what the average level of testosterone, and it dramatically increases as you go back each 10 years. But what did they do? They just lowered the reference range. Well, those people are now normal. So if you had the same level of testosterone today, you would likely be considered low 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but now you're normal. So do you find that...
2: Oh, go ahead. Normal does not mean healthy. <laughs> Normal does not mean healthy. Not mean healthy. No, it does not. That's one of those flower field moments, Dana. It is. <laughs> well, and I'm
1: I'm there. I'm there in the flower field moment because I have low testosterone. My husband has low testosterone, and that's just it's uh it's wrong on so many levels. Uh, that the level is that the range is is just lowered now. I just it's frustrating for me. Yeah, and they did the same thing. They raise the insulin levels and say that's normal,
0: and it'd be like the same as saying, well, you know, you got heart disease. Well, it's normal to get heart disease, so you know, live with it. Cancer's normal. Yep, yeah, you're like you're gonna get cancer, so we're not gonna do anything.
2: And that's the same thing. Wow. I That's that's. A, I'm in a I'm in a flower field. Flower field on that one. I mean, there's there's just. <laughs> There are so many people suffering that, that don't even, you know, on paper have a thyroid problem that are suffering from a thyroid reception problem. And it's it's so it sad is. to and see these so, people in.
0: and there's so many reasons to have so called you know thyroid resistance, which may be due to a number of things. Again, um poor T four to T three conversion, increased reverse T three, transport into the cell, um uh, basically resistance on the receptor, you get downstream resistance where it hits the receptor but doesn't, you know, produce effect. Um, and But doctors, again, it's just they won't listen to the patient.
1: And isn't, isn't low testosterone in women a suggestion uh, of adrenal imbalance, Dr. Holtor?
0: That what? I'm sorry?
1: Low testosterone in women uh, is a suggestion of adrenal imbalance. I have adrenal yeah, it, issues it, myself. You know,
0: Uh, basically testosterone um, uh, basically comes from the ovaries, half comes from the adrenals. So if you're low DHEA, low testosterone, uh, that's a marker for uh, basically hypothalamic pituitary adrenal dysfunction. So, you know, adrenal fatigue, I'm not a fan of that term. I think it's overused, but yes, that is one marker. If you have low testosterone, low DHEA, it is a very specific marker for low adrenal. And I did a review, I looked at all the studies on low adrenal function and chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia and found that 90% of patients were low, but the standard blood test didn't work. But if you do more specialized blood tests, you found that they did have low adrenal function.
2: What sort of wow. um,
1: specialized tests are you, or, or are you referring to, Dr. Holter?
0: Yeah, so, so basically it was more central stimulation tests. So it's the same thing with thyroid. Basically, if you do a TRH stimulation test, so basically you take thyroid releasing hormone, what's normally produced in the hypothalamus, stimulates the pituitary to make TSH. Right? That was the way to check for low thyroid. But then when the, the TSH came out, they said you don't need that anymore. But it was actually picking up all these patients with, with low thyroid. But now you can't even get it. You know, so it it was there is a better test, but they refused to allow it to be used. And go and go ahead.
1: I was going to say another point, you know, I was I was thinking of and uh, one of our uh, team mentioned was that, you know, if a doc doesn't know what you just mentioned and gives you testosterone supplements or a pellet which I was given, you know, couldn't it make your symptoms worse and I'm pretty sure it did for me.
0: Oh, yeah, and, and, again, everything can make systems worse, and it's oftentimes not the level but the ratio. So someone has optimal estrogen, you know, likely they're going to feel better with testosterone, but if you don't, you're going to get acne, or oily skin, anxiety. Um, but if everything's in balance, you're generally going to just feel more energy, increased libido, and have positive effects. So oftentimes it's not what the level is but what the ratio is. So, again, you need to look at the whole patient But doctors don't do that. Everyone has their own little specialty. This doctor does this part. You have a a gastroenterologist. You have your endocrinologist. You have infectious disease. You have your cardiologist. Everyone does one little thing, and no one looks at the whole patient anymore.
1: And and that's what we keep saying over and over and over on this show. You know, like we're banging our head against the wall, Dr. Holter, is that everybody is different. Everybody's unique. There's not... One person that has the same set of symptoms or circumstances as I do, or as you do, or as Tiffany does. Each person needs to be treated separately and looked at. Everything needs to be looked at in that one individual, and and doctors just aren't doing that.
0: It, it is totally true, and I, I I laugh and I hear this all the time. And I still just shake my head. Like a patient will say, "Oh, this doctor put me on this drug or this hormone, whatever," and I had the side effect, and they said, "Oh, that's impossible." <laughs> I'm like, "What?" He took it, and he got it, <laughs> and sometimes they'll they'll stop it, they'll go away, they'll take it again. They get the scientific doctor goes, no, that's impossible. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Anything's possible.
1: It's not funny. It's just it's funny the way you said it because it it happened to me it, it, exactly. It's, it's weird. All these things are very are correlating with a lot of the things that have I've been through. So I'm laughing. Only very much so, Dan. Huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. It is, and you know, symptoms are the key. And, you know, usually when we treat, we have, you know, basically 90-plus percent um, uh, uh, likelihood of a person needs thyroid or not. And we actually, when we treat, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome fibromyalgia, without talking to the patient, we can actually pick out chronic fatigue syndrome fibromyalgia with just blood tests and like, the likely severity about 80 90% of the time. And then doctors say, oh, you know, it's not a real illness. Well, I could pick it out, again, without talking to them. How could that not be a real illness? And, you know, every single person, I didn't say it never every, but 99% of people with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia actually have low thyroid.
2: Wow, so a lot of them benefit from, from treating with probably, you know, straight T3 or however you, you know, do that with the blood work, and they feel better. And, and this is a
0: big problem, too, is you'll get a doctor, the patients will, you know, talk, to you using armor or natuathoid, and the doctors, if you look in the PDR and you look at the ratio where they say one grain is equal to 100 micrograms of T4. So they'll switch them over. They just made them hypothyroid, and they don't respond. They're not going, see, that doesn't work. Because it's not true that, but if you look, it says it's one to four ratio. So in, in some, what studies did, the ones that compared Synthroid to T4, T3, what they did is they took away 50 micrograms of T4, they took it away and then added 10 micrograms of T3. Now, the patients TSH went up; they were more hypothyroid, but they felt they did not feel any worse. And some studies showed better. So they they tried; they designed the study to fail. But see, then they say, "Oh, see, so didn't make any difference, so you don't need T3." Well, and wow. I was on a conference call with the doctors who published that. And I said, "Where'd you come up with that amount?" They said, "No physiologic reason; that's just what we chose." No, you choose it. You chose it because you wanted it to fail. And wow. And so it is. It is not four to five times as potent. Um, uh because half the half the T four should be converted to T three in a healthy person. So it's it's two to one at the best, you know. So all these people are getting underdosed and then they basically say, see it doesn't work. It's an old drug. It's you know, we need the modern drug, the, the Synthroid.
2: Now are you a fan, uh, Dr. Holtorf of compounding as far as, you know, that way you can design specifically for the patient the T four to the T three ratio or what, what is your favorite way? Do you like the armor? I know you talk a lot about T1, T2, and things like that. Tell us a little bit more about the difference between the two and when those would apply.
0: Yeah, so um, basically there, I like compounding because you can choose different ratios depending on the person. But you have to watch out because there's a service called PCCA, great service. I don't want to say anything bad because they, they supply the formulas for the compounding pharmacy. The company pharmacies, whether it be estrogen, progesterone, you know different nasal pitocin, whatever it may be um, but the formula that they have for t, uh, for time release t three has too much time releasing agent in it, and now t three and t four is only absorbed about the first foot of the intestines, so what happens if they make it too time release it passes right through, especially in people with any you know gastrointestinal dysfunction, which is like all the carditique syndrome patients. And so what happens is it's only absorbing a fraction of the, of the, especially the T3. It just goes right through. So doctors get very nervous. You know, you say, well, you just use more, right? Because you're basing it on symptoms or some other markers of effect. But when you have to use three, four hundred micrograms of T3, it just doesn't look good on on the uh, on the chart. And many doctors just right. say, well, here's the, they're on this dose. I'm gonna switch to this dose, even though everything doesn't look right. So you, with that caveat, you have to really, um, you know, watch out for poor absorption uh, with the compounded. Now, so Armour, you know, when they when they switched the formula, that's what they tried to do. They tried to make it time-released, and it didn't absorb. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this, you know, I'm feeling horrible now. And that was exactly the same problem. They they tried to make it more time-released. And now you hear about T1 and T2, and I love T2. Is T2 actually uh, – so T3 – uh, T4 gets converted, T3 is active. Then it gets broken down um, to T2, and it was thought to be inactive. However, because it doesn't attach to thyroid receptor, but it actually will stimulate metabolism, energy directly on the mitochondria. Now the problem is there's no T1 or T2 produced in the thyroid. It's in the periphery of the body. So there's a tiny, mm-hmm. tiny bit, but it's about one 100 what is actually needed in armor. So we're also working on getting T2 out to the public as well.
2: Well, that's wow. exciting. That's very exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we, we, is we, very we're exciting. doing some trials, and it's it's very promising. And there's studies on
2: it. I don't know why, no, and no one's brought it out. But
0: you know, trying to get something approved is not cheap and takes forever. But
2: well, gee whiz, we're having a hard enough time getting the medical community to wrap their head around T3. And now we want them to focus on T2, which is you know like a key factor in metabolism.
0: Right, their head's going to explode. <laughs> their
2: head's going to yes, <laughs>
0: so they gonna go, are. Oh,
2: no on the
1: thyroid. <laughs> they're going to go. That that doctor Holstorff is at it again. Man, that, well, you just leave well enough alone, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like don't again, don't confuse with the facts. My patients are fine, and, and you hear that? You know I used to go to all the American Thyroid Association meetings, and I couldn't take it. I would just just every lecture I'd just be fuming. And because you hear constantly, my patients do fine, our patients do fine, in Synthroid. you get all these quack doctors using T3, and they're just like, oh, my God, you know, I'm going to kill myself and kill someone on stage. That just, has to be so frustrating.
2: Yes, That's what they want to believe. <laughs> well, the reason all their patients are doing fine is because they don't ask us.
0: Exactly. They don't
2: ask us. You know, I can't tell you the number of women that, like, hype themselves up. They're all ready for their doctor's appointment. They've, you know, read you know, Dr. Holtorf's articles and Mary Showman's and all these amazing thyroid advocates and physicians that treat this way and they're like, Okay, I'm going in, I've got my list of questions and they get in there and they you know, they get the blood work. They're like, they everything's fine. Up. You're doing fine and they freeze up and they're like, What? And then everything they ask or present gets shot down one right after the next. Bing 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 and then they leave the office going in tears, right, Dana? How many how many times do and we hear patients that uh, leave their doctor's office in tears out of frustration? Like I'm never going to get anywhere here.
1: And, and don't feel validated, and and it's just it's so discouraging. It is. You know, we treat patients; they start crying
0: on the first visit. I'm like, what's wrong? And they're like, you're listening to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's what we do. And and it's scary. And doctors, you know, they'll basically discount whatever the patient says, or don't read the internet. If a doctor says don't read the internet, run from that doctor, because you know what that means? He can't defend his treatment.
2: I I love that
1: you said that. That is so fantastic. So many. Yes, that is such a big Flower Field moment again, Doctor. We
2: want you to repeat that. Yes, (laughs) say it
1: again.
2: Say it again. Run from your doctor. When should people run from their doctor, Doctor Holtorf? When Are you there? Did we lose him? (laughs) Did we lose we might
1: have lost him. We might have lost him.
2: We did we did lose him. Okay, that's all right. He'll call back in, but that was so He said, Run from your doctor, Dana. He told everybody.
1: If they if they say, "Oh, you're reading too much on the internet," or "You should be getting off the internet," or "You don't need to be," you know, leaving everything you read on the internet, run from that doctor. How amazing! If is we that? had That's a dollar fantastic. for every
2: time we heard that, right? Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, because
1: you get so much. You, there is a lot to absorb on the internet. There is a lot of information out there, and there is good and there is bad. But it doesn't matter. It keeps people questioning. It people it keeps people asking. You know, it, it's not—it's keeping everybody from being complacent, is my thought.
2: You know what? He hit on a key thing earlier, and I, I know there's so many things that we wanted to ask him and so many things, questions that are coming in from the team. And, you know, I, he hit on a key factor uh, earlier when he was talking about, and I'm, I'm sitting here staring at trying to wait for him to come back, but he was talking about how your doctor has to work harder right he wants to say everything's normal check it off and he doesn't want to go look further look at what's causing that i think it was when we were talking about reverse t3 and he, you know doctors don't want to take the time to understand what is shoveling all that t4 off into reverse t3 they don't want to take the time to do that so it makes it a much more complex case but how scary is that how many times does that actually apply To these people, I will bet you it it's got to be more often than not. You know what I mean? Uh, So you have all these people that are being shoveled off by their doctor strictly because, like Dr. Holtorf said, the doctor doesn't want to work that hard. That is an ouchie. Or or doesn't have
1: time. It doesn't all have, doesn't the time have time. And doesn't want to time and doesn't want to make the time. You know, like you said, something about 20 minutes. You're like, I can't get that taken care of in 20 minutes. You know, they've got their set amount of time per patient, you know, 15 minutes. And we can't necessarily fault, you know, you know, all the medical <laughs> community. You know, that's the way they were taught and everything. But at the same time, like Dr. Holthorff said and like what he did, he reinvented himself. He changed right. the way he was doing things. He was like, you know this what, is not working for me. And I'm going to just, I'm going to break out of the box and I'm going to do it the way it works for me, the way it's working for people, not the way that they taught me to do it. So I, I love that You know that he what, though,
2: Dana, you know what the key is with him? He has been there. He has right. felt that way. He had to go looking further for himself. I don't feel, well, right. this stuff's not working, you know, um, and, and that's what pushed push so many of us into advocacy, too. Was like, oh my God, I cannot feel like this for the rest of my life. This is not going to work. It's not going to work. He went looking. That's why we love him, and that's why he's such an asset to the thyroid community is because he was there. He felt that way, and it wasn't working. He, he,
1: he did, and and you know, it's funny that you know we say this and we talk about this and we do this every Sunday because, but both Tiffany and I are still not well ourselves. And we're going it's through a exactly what we're talking about. It's a journey. We're, you know, it's it's happening daily. It, it's it's not it's not over for us either. So it's 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 empowering to hear him say, you know, or or hear him agree with with that. You know what I mean? With you know, being able to listen. And he takes time for for each patient, and he asks them how they are, and and he listens to the symptoms. And you know, it's it's wonderful. Where is
2: he, Doctor Holtorf?
1: <laughs> you know, I, know. I remember when I was,
2: work, when I was working in the hospital, calling Doctor Holtorf. Calling Doctor Doctor Holtorf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Doctor Holtorf, you should be calling.
2: <laughs> Poor Doctor Holtorf
1: he's probably so stressed. Something happened. He's probably you know, calling from, from from France. Probably isn't easy. He said at the top of the show that that the internet is is terrible there, and you don't even think of those things. You know, he had to travel. He's doing the the movie with um, um Maggie Hadley West and uh she's you know I guess she's out there with him but you just don't take those things in consideration you just assume you know in the states internet's perfect so why would we right. where they're going to be right you know so <laughs> and she's going to oh. be a guest too so I bet I bet that's probably a neat trip that they're doing um because uh the Sick to Death movie it's it is very powerful for any of you who haven't who haven't seen the trailer you need to check it out it's um it's going to be a I big need a deal. tissue for the trailer <laughs> totally,
2: I do. It's going to be an I amazing for the trailer. I know, right? It makes
1: me feel like when I I just showed um, a friend of mine who was asking me what I did and and what Thyroid Nation was, and I was thinking, you know, so I tried to explain and did the whole thing, and then I watched the trailer. I showed the trailer to her, and I was like, "Gosh, they just sum that up in five minutes. It took me thirty minutes." Maybe. Next time someone asked me, I'm just going to show them the trailer. And literally, the while I'm watching the trailer, which was just a few days ago, I was showing my friend, telling my friend. I was thinking, I like, like I wanted to stand up and like, you know, stomp on the ground. Like, yes, exactly. That's exactly how I feel. You know, it's just an amazing trailer. I can't wait for the movie to come out. So,
2: well, can't let's wait. just, um,
1: let's just you and I talk and, and don't let him stress <laughs> out. And you know, if, he's if he gets probably the call back stressing. In, he will. He is. And, he and is. if he gets and we, the call we back had in,
2: so many, We had so many great questions. Shannon, Shannon's was a great question why do doctors freak out when TSH is suppressed so just so the listeners know we're going to get to that because my gosh that's another thing we'd all be rich women if we had a dollar for every time a doctor freaked out <laughs> in that yes. respect and I, I know a lot of it a lot of it is for heart reasons and uh, cancer reasons and things like that so we want to hear you know from Dr. Holterf because that is a really stellar question and uh, we need to get to that so He's probably stressing out. I wonder if he had some connection problems. Maybe he's calling in from a hotel or something like that.
1: I know. How terrible. <laughs> Don't stress. We're waiting for you. We still have, you know, plenty of time on the show, and you never know what's <laughs> going to happen live. So we're we're totally fine. We're just going to stay in a little flower field <laughs> place, Dr. Holtorf, and you just get back to us when you can. No problem. Um, also, I thought Raina had a few questions, too, that I want to get to with Dr. Holtorf. Um when we get back, when we get him back on the line, hopefully we do.
2: I'm telling you, uh, we just we were, need to we, were, we need to visit inside his head. We just need to spend some time should, in, inside Dr. Ulter's head and just absorb.
1: <laughs> Isn't he great? I'm getting messages from the team saying, "Oh, he sounds so great. Oh, he's so
2: sweet, and oh, I
1: like the way he sounds, and he's he seems amazing." And it's so neat when you finally get to talk to these people. You know, I I've talked to uh, Mike Sefuentes, his assistant. And actually I don't think we ever talked on the phone, but just back and forth, back and forth, uh trying to, you know, get him on the show and that kind of thing and um and to actually hear him talk, it's fantastic. You know, I put the little we put the custom meme up and we've got his picture. I know what he looks like and I saw him on the trailer and things, but to have him on the line's pretty cool. So hopefully he'll get back to us.
2: He will, and I'm sure that if he doesn't um, they're having some very is. Okay, let's bring him in. Dr. Holtorf, are you back with us? Can you hear us okay? I'm back.
0: I think the American Thyroid Association, I think, cut us off.
1: <laughs> they hacked in, did they? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, it's funny.
0: Uh, speaking of that, kind of, I was giving a talk on basic obesity, and uh, this was on a, a Fox News. And I basically talked about high fructose corn syrup. And I joked saying, I'm going to get a call about this. <laughs> On the way home, a doctor called me and said, "We just want you to know that what you're saying isn't true. There's studies showing it is no different than sugar." And I'm like, "Who are you who are you work with? You're we're an independent researcher." And I said, "Really? I find that hard to believe. You're that interested? You're monitoring the airwaves?" I said, "Who's your biggest funder?" Turns out, long story short, with Pepsi Cola. Ah, wow. Ah. Ah. Oh,
2: that, is so, that is, is, is so scary. That is just so scary. <laughs> follow the money. You know, and I think most yeah, people oh, really don't understand that. Yeah, follow the money. Unfortunately, it, you're the, right.
1: I, don't, I think they don't, Tiffany. You're right. I don't think
2: they do. I think you had to work within the medical community to actually see that at its, at its you know, really truest.
0: It, it, it when you work make, in that
2: environment, you see it. Yeah.
0: If you were to go to the American Thought Association meetings or the, um, uh, all the Endocrine Society, all, all of them, you go and just Synthroid is everywhere, and they're giving unrestricted research grants to the to the thought leaders, and to um, so this one small drug company who said, hey, is this new T3 product trying to come out? And he was talking with friends with some of these endocrinologists. They're like, well, I love your product, but I can't endorse it. I get all my you know research grants from makers of Synthroid, so. They don't need wow. to get every doctor. They just get the thought leaders, and then the other doctors follow.
2: Follow suit. Oh, disappointing. Yeah, and then then you get ousted, and then that's a whole different animal. <laughs> that's like, yep. I feel yep. bad for Doctor Oz right now. He's taken. He he's in the the perfect format right now for what you're talking about. He's just he's just taking a beating. It's terrible. <laughs> he's yep, on his you own know. though. You carve into their money. You're gonna get it. <laughs> Well, we know, we are so excited that you're here with us today, and we have some amazing questions from the team. So, we're going to, I'm going to ask Shannon's question. Um, on behalf of the thyroid patients, why do doctors freak out when the TSH is suppressed? Can you tell us what that means? Is it a cancer thing? Are they freaking out? Heart conditions? Why do they freak out with a suppressed TSH?
0: No, so the, we're taught, you know, basically, taught in medical school that don't suppress a TSH. Because two things can happen. One is AFib and the other one is osteoporosis. And they just some just go crazy. They don't, some don't even know why they get crazy, but we're told not to do that. Well why? I don't know. I never I don't know why, but you're not supposed to do it, you know. But you look at there's one study called the Salin study, which was the basis for basically low TSH, increased risk for atrial fib. But you look at that study and it found that actually low thyroid, so high TSH, increased risk for AFib, but also low TSH increased risk for AFib. But, and doctors, we uh, you hear that mentioned all the time at these conferences, saying, oh, you're gonna increase the risk for AFib. Funny if you take look at the data, take out the people that are actually on thyroid replacement, so the patients that are taking thyroid that is causing a suppressed TSH, there was actually lower risk for AFib than people with non-suppressed. So they, You know, when someone has Graves' disease, it's a very different illness than replacing with thyroid. Now, the other thing, so too high a thyroid does cause A7 too low. But the question is, I mean, people say, you made the person hyperthyroid. Well, their pulse is 58, you know. I mean, how can that be hyperthyroid? Um, and then the other thing is osteoporosis. And so you look at the studies on osteoporosis, and I've reviewed this and reviewed all the studies and even the largest meta-analysis where they take all the studies together, and they showed that if a, a woman is on hormone replacement or premenopausal, there is no increased risk for osteoporosis with the suppressed TSH. Um, and studies show that going on an antidepressant has about five-fold increased risk for osteoporosis over a suppressed TSH. But do they tell the patient about that? Do they worry about that? No. It's, it's just, you know, doctors selectively will use information to say, you know, no, you can't do it. Well, Why? Osteoporosis, that's just kind of a buzzword. But here's a study that no, it doesn't. Well, you gave me an antidepressant, which I don't need now because I'm on T3. Um, and that's much more of a risk for osteoporosis than a suppressed TSH.
2: And there you have it. Yeah, that's and, a, and that's again, a flower field moment. Yeah, and, and you know, we'll
0: check everyone's when they come in. We'll do the thyroflex, which you know, checks the speed of a relaxation phase which the British Medical Journal showed that a knowledgeable doctor looking at someone's reflex was a better test for thyroid than, than blood tests. What does that mean? How could that be? Well, they found that basically it correlated with symptoms better because it tells you the tissue level of thyroid. And you may have heard the computer that, that measures that in patients. We do that in every patient. We'll also check their basal metabolic rate. We'll check how many calories they burn per day at rest which correlates with with the level of thyroid. And so patients, again, it's one of the things they start crying, going, oh, my gosh, I told you I can't lose weight. My husband just says I must be eating bonbons at midnight. And we show them they usually have, on average, about 250 to 500 calories less a day that they burn. And and so basically, you know, you're going to gain a pound a week if you don't fix your thyroid. Uh, Either (laughs) that or you have to jog for about two hours or starve yourself.
1: And that's such a that's such a big topic, and it's not funny. I know you're laughing, Shannon. It's it's so frustrating because so many women are you know like banging their head against the wall, and their husband are you know their husbands are thinking they are sneaking bonbons in the middle of the night, or or they're so rudely telling them they just need to exercise more, and and both of those are not are not true at all. <laughs> and I'm
0: telling you, calories in, calories out. You know, doesn't it doesn't work because you track you track these patients. And they're not eating a lot, and no one believes them. We had one patient who had the same scenario and couldn't lose weight, and she kept saying she doesn't eat a lot, and they said, oh, you're lying. And they basically, you know, she got pressured, and she got a gastric bypass and still kept gaining weight. And they're like, oh, you're eating through it. You, we don't believe you. They put her in the hospital, put her on, I think, with 600 calories a day diet, and she, uh, and she was gaining about a pound a week. So she ended up calling the Discovery Channel. They brought her in, and again, we found she was very low thyroid. Also had a leptin resistance. We, you know, basically treated those two things. All of a sudden, she's losing weight. She really didn't need a gastric bypass. She just needed her thyroid
2: fix. Wow. That's another Flower Field moment. Seriously, I, I, it just, you know, I often get told that when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But
0: absolutely, I swear
2: that. So oftentimes, and I tell people, well, and if it weren't a nail, so many times, it wouldn't know, I wouldn't think that. <laughs> yep. but, right.
0: And, and if <laughs> you see look so that, many people. It's
2: like your thyroid, your thyroid, your thyroid. It's it's so scary. I mean, and it's just being missed. So to hear right. you say and it is say, just. And they say, oh, you say
0: everything's thyroid. Yeah, but it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: and the problem is with the gastric bypass. If you look at the majority of patients with gastric bypass. Okay, they do the long-term studies for five years. They say, oh, okay, significant reduction in weight. Most of them, right around six or seven years, they start gaining all the weight back. And what happens is as you eat less, your metabolism starts dropping What the major reason, one major reason, is that your body will start lowering thyroid output, increasing T4 to reverse T3, lowering T4 to T3, lowering TSH secretion. And the more that they die, the less they, they eat, Actually, the lower your thyroid, lower metabolism. So you eat less and less, your metabolism drops and drops, and it's a losing battle. So your metabolism just gets the lower as as you diet. And actually, there were interesting studies where they found this. They found they had – this is rats. They put – basically, they did um, – overweight rats, they put one basically on – they dieted three consecutive cycles, significant dieting. They gained the weight back over twice as fast and couldn't lose weight uh, again, when they went on a low-calorie diet. And that's exactly what, what you see. Once you've died significantly in, in your past, even if you go back to normal eating, your metabolism does not go back to normal. So what do you have to do? The main thing is give T3. T4 doesn't work for those patients because the body is saying, hey, I'm converting T4 to reverse T3 and blocking the thyroid. So all those patients basically need T3. And you say, oh, you're not supposed to give thyroid for weight loss. Well, we're not
1: we giving it because you're low thyroid, you know, but that's why you can't right. lose weight. Right. And I do, I do and say I met- that often, like you, like you said uh, just a few minutes. I'm sorry, Tiffany. Um, a few minutes ago about um people saying you say everything's thyroid and it is. I say it a lot. You know, like I'll be just referencing to my friends or to my mom or to you know whatever, and I say it a lot, just, well, that could be thyroid, or to, even to my husband, I'm like, well, you think maybe she has a thyroid problem, or whatever the issue was, <laughs> it, it's connected to everything, it just is. I mean, it, it, no, it is, and you look at, you know,
0: what, you know, subsets of patients, if they have diabetes, shown to have about 40 uh, to 50 percent of the T4 to T3 conversion in diabetics or insulin resistant. what part of the population is that? That's about 50, 60 percent. Any uh, mm-hmm. chronic illness, any stress, depression, any inflammation, autoimmune disease, um, again, depression, chronic disease, and fibromyalgia are all shown to have low tissue levels of thyroid. So when you when you start adding all those patients up, it's about 80% of the population is low. So you're right when you're calling all those people low thyroid. It's just the test, the standard tests aren't picking it up.
2: They're not picking it up. That is profound. No. So simple. And profound. Well, we know we have, we've got a short period of time with you, and there's a couple questions, one in particular, and I, I know this is not this is not a quick question, you know, but it happened that I met a lady at the Lavender Festival. We were talking. She felt so alone. She was there with her, her husband and her son. And when I said intimacy, you know, that's like a joke for someone with a low thyroid, you know. She started crying, and her husband hugged her, Tell us why women suffer with low libido, even ones that look – it looks perfect on paper. Anything in particular, you know, some say testosterone. These, some of these women with no libido whatsoever can have normal testosterone levels. Can you it, give us it, any –
0: right, It all goes together, but what's a normal testosterone level? Look at the lab values now. The free testosterone level is zero to a number depending on the lab. So everyone that considers lab, everyone's normal. How could zero right. be normal? Right. So the doctor says, oh, you're fine. So, again, it's really a clinical diagnosis. You can't go by the lab. But when, when you don't feel right, you know, when you're tired is one thing, low libido. You don't secrete serotonin. You don't secrete dopamine uh, with with low thyroid. Um, and so a number of things, like libido is so complex. And we'll do things like giving nasal pitocin, which is kind of the bonding hormone, it allows uh, you to feel closer. So it goes up in basically when a child's born, as you know, and that kind of helps the woman bond with, with the baby and also goes up with any significant social interaction, that kind of that comfort level. And interesting fact is that women re- often respond very well to Pitocin because they need that closest for libido. Men, it doesn't make a difference. They don't have oh, to feel right. close to have yeah. libido. But, yeah, so usually thyroid, if you miss the thyroid, that's one other, you know, another present you get with low thyroid is your, your your libido's gone. Um, along with being fatigued, can't lose weight, then it kind of vicious cycle. It's like you're not alive. If you have no libido, it's like it's part of
1: part of life, you know? Yes, we know. We we actually know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do, we do, and so do so many so many women and it's not a topic that a lot of people like to talk about but it's it's so important, and it really is a huge factor. And um, that's interesting that you mentioned that about Pitocin because because uh, we've had this talk before, me and my girlfriends, many times about, you know, women's need to feel the closeness. And that's very interesting that, that you give Pitocin. That's that's very cool. Yeah, so we'll give
0: even our, um and, and you look at, you know, basically extra progesterone declines, and doctors now aren't treated because of the Women's Health Initiative study, which was – it was an expected outcome, you know, with hormone replacement. It was shown, it was shown over and over and over, that that was expected. All these doctors are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it causes cancer. Yes, you know, progestin and progesterone sound very similar. And the progestins, which are synthetic progesterone, they were approved by basically protecting the uterus from, or from estrogen um, stimulation. And that's true they do that. But there's one big difference between progesterone and progestin, progestins increase cellular uh, division of the breast tissue while progesterone prevents it. And so all these studies showed increased risk of breast cancer. So what's one of the best ways, if you want to get breast cancer, take progestin. What's the best way to to prevent it is take progesterone. And and so that's another problem we see is women, you know, the perimenopausal, menopausal, and the doctor, oh, don't do hormones and cause, you know, uh, basically heart disease and cancer. Well, they're right. The synthetic hormones do but you do bioidentical hormones and you're going to get prevention of that and you're going to feel better. So, again, it's kind of that thing with you kind of need all the hormones, better to give a little bit of everything that you need rather than any one big thing of a hormone.
2: So many complex factors. Just just amazing. We have a great question from Raina about vitamin C increasing the absorption of thyroid hormone. Can you tell us how you feel about that, Dr. Holtorf?
0: Yeah, so you you find a lot of competing things. Did we lose them uh, again? You know, vitamin C, uh, a lot of com- uh, competing issues. Um, you know, basically minerals. Little food doesn't make much difference with thyroid actually. Um, and so we say, yeah, you go ahead and eat the You know, people rule their life by, oh my gosh, I can't eat for two hours, and they're you know waiting, they're starving. It really affects their life. You know, some some people we say it's a good a good way that works for people is take it at bedtime. And you say, oh my gosh, I'm be awake, but actually you're Thyroid levels are typically higher at bedtime, at night, than they are during the day, interestingly. Um, and then what happens, they end up usually doing, they can get out of bed sooner. But um, minerals, <laughs> so uh, calcium, magnesium, iron will block absorption. Uh, vitamin C seems to increase a little bit. Interestingly, coffee will also block the absorption of, of thyroid. So it's it's one of those things we'll say, oh, you know, if you're taking a little bit, it usually doesn't make that big a difference. It's It's the the clinical effect is is not that much, and if you're continually taking it, we just adjust the dose. But um, we say basically, if you're doing any minerals, you know, don't take them right, you know, at breakfast, or if it's a big problem, just take the thyroid try it, taking it when you go to bed.
2: And how about binders? You know, I know tyrosine, you know, was a was a good one because it was in a gelatin. Um, you know, any do you think that the binders affect some people so significantly? That more thyroid hormone is required just strictly from the binders alone.
0: Uh, absolutely, and that was we talked about that with what's called metacil. Um If you make it, methimazole is kind of a gel that the compounding pharmacies and regular pharmacies will put in the capsule to make it time released. But it depends on the person. Not everyone, but anyone with basically poor digestion, they don't have digestive enzymes. Um, it will just basically not absorb. A lot of times, we'll give people digestive enzymes w- with the thyroid. And you can kind of pick these patients out, you know, little different. Let's say they're consistently absorbing less. You just give them more, which you, you know, um, and you can adjust it that way. But, yeah, binders make a huge difference, and it depends on the person. We're finding mostly with kind of chronic fatigue syndrome patients and others with chronic inflammation of the gut, they're the ones that have the problem of absorption uh, with the binders.
2: Wow. It's so individual. I mean, your job, you must see just the grommet of you know, things that affect the thyroid that are so different, you know, and then to have majority of mainstream medicine lump it all in with one particular, it just, it's mind-blowing, really.
0: Yeah, and it, yeah, and you. It it's kind of a, you know, and doctors, and the way doctors learn is generally, you know, they don't learn by concepts. They don't, you know, learn, hey, let me figure this out, and I can, you know, apply it to different areas. Doctors tend to learn with memorization and basically algorithms. Say if this does this, I give this. This does this, and they don't have an understanding of why. And so you run into problems when anyone's outside the box. You know, they'll say, "Well, someone's this, this way to give them this much thyroid, if you know." And like, what? Are you kidding me? You know, you you titrate to their to their individual needs. But doctors are not really. They're not built to think that way.
1: Well, we're so fortunate to have you then, because that's just that's just wrong. I, I don't even I can't even think of a a big fancy word other than that's just wrong. It's so disappointing. I'm, we're so glad to have people like you out there, Doctor Holtorf, because wow, yeah, we are so grateful
0: from from, from from training doctors and you find this quality in, in doctors. And so I started doing more research on you know kind of how doctors learn and things like that. And that's what I found is they don't they. Don't basically look at concepts and understanding physiology. They just say, "Oh, I know. If you have this, you take this." You know, that's the way. Also, insurance companies are working. So really, the whole medicine enforces that because doctors aren't practicing medicine anymore. The insurance company dictates what you get. Well, if you have, mm. and if you don't fit inside of a box, you know, you don't get this diagnosis code that fits you. You're you're out of luck. And uh, the, the the basic insurance company say, nope, they have to have this in order to get this treatment." it So doctors learn. Just to think that way, this diagnosis gets this. This diagnosis gets this. They don't think of, oh my gosh, wait, off label because this is what's going on. Maybe I can use, you know, this treatment. They tend not to have that ability very or do it very well.
1: And you know, one of our team, uh, our team mentioned uh, just a moment ago, seeking doctors who don't accept insurance is in our best interest. Unfortunately, so. So true, because that everything is led by the big pharma and, and the insurance industry as opposed to what an actual doctor who's thinking and and like you reinvented yourself and you you did it differently dr Holtorf. and for that we're grateful it is it's a big mess, and you know the, unfortunately, the doctors
0: who don't care and basically can just treat patients the fastest are the ones that get that you know basically are the ones that that do well in the system Once a doctor's starts thinking, oh, I want to spend time with patients, patients outside the box, I want to treat them, they lose money. And, you know, basically so people will say, let's say a chronic fatigue syndrome patient. I mean, you know, they if you give them 10 to 15 minutes, which is a standard visit, I, this is what I've done for 15 years, and I can't treat in 10 to 15 minutes. And oh. so what they do is they just say, oh, I don't believe it, it exists because, you know, or you get this drug, if you have this condition, you get this drug. And then people say, Well, my doctor treats me and he takes insurance. Well, if he gets more than five of you, he's not gonna be able to do it. And um and so the whole system there's an incentive to not care and not think.
1: That is so And you're out sad. And you're out there so trying to change that. That's that's really we need pe- more people like you, Dr. Holdorf. Okay, I have another well, um, a quick thing that we want to we want to cover if you don't mind. Um, I know that that uh, this is something that you use. I, I'm, I believe is low dose naltrexone. Can you talk to us a little bit about LDN? I've actually tried it before, and it did it did help me.
0: Yeah, and it's one of the things that you know nothing works for everyone. Uh, the lotus naltrexone, so it's an opiate blocker. It's typically used for at high dose for people, it was approved for people who go to the emergency room, they've overdosed on narcotics, they give them the naltrexone, boom, reverses it, they wake up. Uh, also started being used to kind of prevent relapses and reduce cravings. But they found out that at, at low dose, which is 4.5 milligrams instead of 100, it's an immune modulator. So what it does, and we're finding, I don't want to get too far off, but it, it modulates the immune system, so it lowers inflammation. And I talked about inflammation as causing being a reason for low thyroid. And so people, when actually I just finished a book chapter on this, actually, but, uh, last night. Um, but, you know, showing that lotus naltrexone, not, people use it for Hashimoto's autoimmune disease, but actually more importantly, it it decreases thyroid resistance because it's lowering inflammation. And so it's and it's very safe um, and it's one of the things you could try. It works for about maybe forty, fifty percent of people. Um, they feel better with it. And at higher doses, it works for weight loss. And now and also now we found that the studies are showing that if you do micro doses like point zero zero two milligram, and give that with a narcotic, so you're giving a blocker with a narcotic. Actually, you think it'll reduce the efficacy of the narcotic. It actually increases the efficacy and keeps patients from being tolerant, so they don't keep increasing doses, and lower, significantly lowers the addiction potential. So it's a very interesting drug. I, I like it for a lot of reasons, and it's one of those things that if uh, you should try. If you have any chronic acute syndrome, fibromyalgia, autoimmune disease, any inflammation, give it a try um, because it we've seen... Wonderful results, but again, nothing works for everyone, but the risks are so low it's certainly worth worth a try
1: interesting very interesting.
2: I'm thinking I just followed those moment I
1: remember. Then I remember. Then I remember where we have archives, so we can't, can't wait to go back and listen to the archives.
2: I'm serious. I, that just keeps going through my head. It's like the amount of information. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to go back and really listen to this over and over again. You know, we are we are it, so been, grateful for everything you do for the thyroid community, Dr. Holtorf. Honestly, it's uh, you are just such an enormous resource and such a validation for so many of us. It's like, oh a doctor that understands. Well, I I appreciate
0: that. that It's people like you who are really, you know, are required to get the word out because the way medicine is, it's not going to come through the normal channels of, you know, basically through doctors and their societies. It's coming through basically patient-driven and patient-advocate-driven is the key. So thank you guys and just doing such a wonderful service for patients because they would get bulldozed by, you know, by doctors if it wasn't for people like yourself.
1: Well, thank you. Um, I, I heard you say something ago just a minute ago about uh finishing a chapter in a book. Are you um are you writing a book?
0: Uh no, this was four. I, I have well, I don't know, probably fifteen books that are ninety percent written, but um <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's a book for academic Society. So I wrote a chapter on uh lotus naltrexone and hypothyroidism and lotus naltrexone and peak syndrome fibromyalgia. So two chapters for that book. Oh cool.
1: Well, I can I can only imagine, you know, you you said you have 15 books that are 90% done. And I can only imagine, you know, with the wealth of knowledge that you have and just a little bit of the time that we've had with you today, I, I'm surprised that that you don't have 19 bestsellers out there, Dr. Holtzorff. It's time.
0: Yeah. It's time. <laughs> it's it, time. It, it's You know, it's never good enough, and you keep tweaking it, and it's like, hey, hello, get it out there. That's right. And not
2: only that, but That's that we're right. talking to you while you're helping with a movie for hypothyroid. So I just... It's just amazing. What you do is amazing for hundreds of thousands of women is is we love you.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, well, we, you. You. We, we do. We do.
0: As a team we can we can make a difference, you know.
1: And uh we were and talking- Maggie, you'll be seeing her, so you need to to give a shout out to her. She'll be on the show uh before the before the film comes out. So, tell her we're we're thinking about her and we thank we thank her as well.
0: I, I definitely will. Yeah, we'll see her in a, a few days now.
2: Oh, Dana, did you see uh, Shannon's question, uh, Dr. Holter? Did you get a, a, a patent to add LDN to Wellbutrin? She wanted to know if that was.
0: Did Did I get a patent? Yeah. No, not me. No, uh, LDN no. and Wellbutrin is a approved drug now.
2: Um, oh. For
0: yeah, for weight loss. Wow.
2: Aha! Uh-huh, there we go. Maybe yeah. that's what she's but talking about. I
0: shouldn't say. LDN because it actually is higher doses. It goes up, uh, you know, 20, 30, you know, uh, up in the upper 40s um, with Welbutrin. You know, here, here's the problem with drugs now, and no one's doing new research. They're just like combining old drugs, which uh, I, I do like the LDN-Welbutrin one, but there's so many drugs that are just me-too drugs, you know, adding two drugs together that didn't work very well and trying to make it work a little better. Because they found is that you know, it used to be 10 times the amount of money was spent in research and development where that was spent in marketing. Now that's flipped. So they found that they can come out with really basically crappy drugs, <laughs> without lack of another better word, but, and just market the heck out of it. Or another, you know, do we need another statin drug? Hello? And they found no. that they can just outmarket, it And that's, that's the model no. now, unfortunately.
2: That's backfiring a little bit, the whole statin thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, you look at okay. I think the statin drugs. I mean, studies that are that are you know showing that you know statins are more risk than benefit, and it's gonna blow up at some point. But so many so many people are making money off them. It's you know again, don't confuse with the facts. I you know this it, it's gotta be good. to keep putting new black box warnings and um, but. Doctors still. Here's a problem too. You go to the doctor's office. What do they check? They check a CBC, a Campan on cholesterol, and they feel they got to do something. So they're going to, you know, lower your cholesterol with a statin, and say, Oh, look right I did for you. You did nothing for the patient. You actually put them more at risk than help them. If you don't have significant heart disease, a statin does not do you any good. It does not prevent heart disease. And studies show that. But what do doctors do? They just basically give everyone a statin, and they can show, oh, look, I lowered your cholesterol, and people's self-worth is basically based on their cholesterol. Now, you look at the Rotterdam study. Over 2,000 patients showed that low normal thyroid, so you go in, the doctor says, well, you're normal, but you're low, has a higher risk for heart disease than if you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, if you smoke or have diabetes. So, number one, you were to heart disease. Fix your thyroid. Also lowers cholesterol. It's safer than a statin at lowering your your cholesterol lowering the risk for heart disease.
2: When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, Doctor Holtorf. Remember? Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. You're a hammer. I love it. <laughs> that's right,
1: Doctor Holtorf, the hammer. I love it. Um, well, let's, the
2: thyroid um, let's, hammer. Let's, let's, Here we go. That's right. I love it. That's great.
1: Well, thank you so much. Let's. We'll let you go. You know, surely you get to enjoy some time while you're there, don't you, Dr. Holtorf, While you're in France? Oh no, it's
0: it, it's beautiful here. Beautiful day. The weather's wonderful. wonderful, um, and so we just walked a lot today. But it was, it was good. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Maggie, and um, uh, and you know, doing the movie with her has just been a pleasure.
2: Wow, very cool. Well, thank you so much for yeah. all of you.
0: Well, thank you guys for having me, and
2: uh, it's been fun. We'd love to do it again.
1: Absolutely. Anytime. Once you finish, once you finish one of your fifteen books,
2: you just let I us know. I was just thinking that, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds great, you guys, and, and keep up the great work. Well, thank you, and thank thanks you, so thank much you. for taking the time with us. My pleasure. We appreciate it.
1: Bonsoir. Definitely. Have a good Have night. A fantastic time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks bonsoir. Good night. Uh-huh.
2: Bye bye. Good night. Bye gosh I forget that he is at nine o'clock, you know? Yeah. So he's at <laughs> ten o'clock something now.
1: Yeah, ten fifteen, right? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so wow. how cool he's over there in France
2: and, and then he's gonna hook up with Maggie. That's fantastic. Still working for the thyroid community. That's gee whiz. We need to yep. we need to just clone him. Multiple doctor we whole do. we love that.
1: Yeah. I mean and he does have five different um offices right so that's good But I don't have the the list in front of me so you can can find it yeah he's got um, go ahead no I was just going to say I don't have the list in front of me so I can't tell you where but I know he's in other places so um, not just in in California
2: right you can read all about his um, bioidentical hormone low libido treatments hypothyroid, hyperthyroid um, all at holtorfmed.com and you can follow him on Facebook, Holtorf Medical Group. And he has the different offices. So people can actually go to his uh, holtorfmed.com and they can read all about the different offices and the doctors that he has in there too. So there's so much information on that site. Just just amazing, like the different things he treats, the bioidentical hormones. And what I love about it is if you go there and, and say, for example, that's part of what you want to do, or you know, go and see him for. He talks a little bit about the treatment before people actually go there, right? So you so you somewhat know what to expect going in, which is very cool. What you're you know? getting
1: into. I think that's yeah. fantastic. I really do. And and I love that he said that. Um, you know, if your doctor tells you to get, stay off the internet to run, I mean, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to quote in him on that and and make a meme you need to make a meme, and, meme on that one. I'm gonna to make because, a meme. Wow! I'm gonna make a meme. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Well, actually, I'm gonna have the meme maker make a meme. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: right. Poor <That's> right? <laughs> sure, trash, <We> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that is so true though. I mean, unfortunately, you know, as you and I both know, and and everyone from the team is that, you know, so many people are stuck to their doctor. You know what I mean? They're they're stuck with the one they have, or they're an in insurance plan where you know, and I, I think it was Dr. Hotsey that said something to the effect of if you want to feel better, you've got you to, gotta, you know, go outside of that. You need to whatever it takes. You know, if you're stuck with a physician in your particular insurance plan, you know, you have to go outside of that at some point and, and say, okay, if I want to feel better, I need to figure out a different way to do this. And that's sad in one respect and very empowering in another
1: yeah, let that be your gift to you. You know, if you have to, you know, um, justify it some way because, you know, it is expensive. I'm I'm going through it myself. I don't have insurance and, and so I'm having to do some different things myself and and you know, I think Heather Dubay, who was on the show a few weeks ago, mentioned that, you know, this is you only have one life, so you might as well make this one be the best. And if that means skipping a vacation and and letting that money go towards you being a better you, you know, what better gift can you give yourself? So and I kind of agree with that. It's hard for a lot of people. It's hard for me. I am we're saving money and there's lots of tests to be done. And that's the other thing that's frustrating is that, you know, like Isabella Wentz, who was on uh our second show, mentioned you gotta dig at it. So, you know, you think, Okay, I can save this money and I can do this, I can go to the doctor, but then you go to that doctor and, and you don't get what you need, so then you go to go, gotta go to another doctor. You gotta dig at your your uh, you know to find your root cause of what's why you are having the issues you're having and uh and it's not easy. And money you know, money doesn't grow on trees, unfortunately. It's not easy.
2: Right, and sometimes if you're stuck, you know, for example, you know, my my endocrinologist, you know, has grown with me. He's learned with me because I didn't just walk out of the office and say I mean I, I did the first few times. Don't get me wrong everybody. It's definitely I <laughs> did that. But then you come to the point where you're so prepared going in and you know he never really shot me down. He always listened. He you know, he had two he has two daughters that are Hashimoto. So it's not that he doesn't you know, doesn't want to make you feel better. I think you know, at some point, you know, people get so especially the older docs, you know, they've been in it so long that you know, they don't think, you know, it's just you know, one 15 minutes to the next to 15 minutes to the next 15 minutes, you know, rather than really, I mean, how many old doctors are going to go home and spend the time to really research and study? Half of them don't even have the time to read and catch up on, on you know, the things that, you know, continuing education or, you know, what have you with that. And um, But he's amazing. I mean, so sometimes we have to train our doctors. Sometimes we have to grow with them as long as they're willing to hear you. You know I mean some of these people we read Dana that are the doctor shoots them down it's like oh my gosh you know you're just you cringe with them reading it you know
1: oh. it's it's horrible oh, I know I know and 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 then like me or or lots of people that we read about are you Tiffany you know you and then you do go to a doctor a different doctor for something else something different another symptom and you realize okay that was just a waste of time and i got to yes. spend more money and go to another appointment and go to, but, you know. I, I need mean. to leave that one in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> you need to run. You need to run. <laughs>
2: and then sometimes you can meet a doctor and you can be anticipating something bad and be completely liberated and be like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I can't even imagine walking in like Dr. Holtorf said. Some of these people are crying. You know, and he's like, what's the matter? You're listening to me. You can You can actually hear what I'm saying and you don't think I'm nuts.
1: Right. I mean, and I just makes me makes me want to hug him. You know, I mean, truly. I wonder how many hugs he gets because it's that's a huge deal. People feeling oh, like they're I imagine he heard. gets a ton of hugs.
2: <laughs> I so,
1: um, That's what I'm going to do. The first time I ever meet him. Don't worry. Um, no, I mean, so many people, right? So many people feel like you know they're not being heard, and and then they have you know, family and friends that don't understand that are yapping in one ear saying, you know, negative things. And, you know, so to have a doctor like Dr. Holtorf, you know, be able to to listen to you and, and validate what you have to say, it's amazing. And and I feel very lucky, Tiffany, both of us, Tiffany and I both do, I have to say, with all the people we've had on the shows, on all the shows. I mean, we hang up after every call and go, wow, that was a great show. And, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if, if – you know, either one of us didn't suffer, didn't have thyroid issues, and and so look at all the neat and amazing people we've met along the way. It is it is truly a silver lining for me because every person we've had on the show, we hang up and we go, wow. I mean, I just want to have like a big old party or retreat or something and invite all the guests <laughs> and all we the should. people that you know, you know <laughs> that 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 can come and just all like you know hunky dory and hold hands and cry and hug and smile and laugh and and because we all get it.
2: We well, and, get the, it. and the thing is, too, is we're never done learning. You know, no matter how no. long we're in this. I mean, uh, look at Mary Shomon; she brought up some right. some new treatments, and you know, you and I were both like, "Wow!" I mean, the future of thyroid care is is it's it's ever changing, and we we've you know we feel like we've come so far, but we have so much further left to go. I mean, you know, Doctor Holtorf talking about T two. I mean, we're just having. Yeah. We're trying to get them to wrap their heads around T three, let alone T two. But there, you, you're at an energy level. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, it's just like, oh my God! You know, there's so much about the thyroid. I really don't think they understand. And of course, the medical community is not just going to flat out and admit that they're not just going to say, uh, "We we really are learning." <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you <laughs> love, love to help. hear that? I mean, <laughs> we really are learning in process. It's a you know, wouldn't that be awesome? Right. That it would, would be, be amazing. That, 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 can, can you, you imagine the stock,
1: the stock market the very next day? Oh, man. That would oh not be God. good. No, pharmaceutical that would, companies would not be happy.
2: Oh, you know, and it's it's so sad, honestly, you know, uh, Dana. I mean, I've, I've watched Shannon in the comments say that she left the medical community for that. You know, I also left for that reason when they can't hear you and there's so much financial incentive it becomes for someone who, you know, sees how much gets missed. It becomes a disgusting environment because their their money runs the care, and that's not that's not effective, you know. And no. there's so many patients that don't understand. You know, what's funny is when he said that, I thought, my God, we should do a show on that. That you know, the dirty backseat of medicine. Yes. What goes on and behind then, and the then doors?
1: We, and then and then we get a phone call like he did. <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: right? Seriously. We know where you
1: are. We're, we're tapping in onto the airwaves, like you said. You know how amazing and, and scary at the same time, right? Well, but at, at the same time, we are definitely not bashing, you know, medical, the medical establishment or, or, or no, medical
2: doctors or not anything by like anyone. that because
1: they have their place. I just wish that place was, was more of a flower field place, more um you know, more real, more down-to-earth, more Doc Hollywood, more, you know, the doctor Doc really Hollywood. caring for the patient, you know? One of my favorite. Yeah, favorites. no,
2: it's so true. I mean, you know how much I love conventional medicine, and I think I think people that truly love conventional medicine are saddened by that because that's not, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't the original intention. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. So it is. Yeah. it is very heartbreaking, you know, to have – you know, uh pharmaceutical incentives you know, dictate treatment. And it and it does. It's scary. Like if it's it's just scary. We won't get into it, but um but there's so much beauty there too in the in the true research and, you know, doctors like Doctor Holtorf that genuinely care about the patient and yet, you know, then just like he said, financially their hands get tied because if you're spending, you know, uh it's difficult. It's it it'll it'll work itself out. The future is beautiful.
1: Well, it, and it has to. But I but I think the the best thing would be to have a better balance. The medical establishment. If we had a better balance, you know, with the functional medicine and and the you know conventional medicine, I just I wish there was a better balance because because everybody is different and um you know the little human touch goes a long way. So
2: yes, ma'am. The future is
1: bright. Hopefully, you know, there will be a good mesh someday soon. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. Great show. Fantastic.
2: It was a great show. Tell us about what's going on next week. Next week, let's see.
1: Well, we're going to have Melissa, one of the team, join us. And she is uh, she's going to be on the on the air. Melissa Woo-hoo. is going to be on the did I, uh, Yeah, yay, Melissa. Um, she's going <laughs> to be on with us talking to Connie Curtis, who is, uh, you can find her at Gluten. And com. She is, uh, she's actually a thyroid thriver. She's written her story, so you can check that out on our Thyroid Nation page. And uh, we'll be talking to Melissa and Connie next week, so that'll be exciting.
2: Very cool, very cool. We want to also remind you that wellness is a journey and takes continual maintenance and evaluation. Boy, did I learn that in the last two weeks. Make sure to always listen to your own body and be mindful of what it's telling you.
1: United We Heal.
2: United We Heal, thank you for all that you do, Miss Dana of Thyroid Nation. Thank you, too, honey.
1: Great show.
2: He was amazing.
1: Yes, he was.